G'day everyone, it's Nikki and welcome to this week's edition of the Road Less Travelled Podcast. It's a little adventure that we like to take each and every week where we explore, discover and head to destinations all around Australia. Hopefully we'll be coming to a destination not too far away from you. Thanks for your support and as always you can interact with the show by dropping an email to fatcat, which is P-H-A-T-C-A-T, at iinet.net.au. And you can also jump onto our website, www.fatcatmedia.com.au. And there you'll find all episodes of uh, the Road Less Travelled podcast right back from our very first episode. You can jump on and go through there. And if you're happening to be listening, which obviously you are, uh, on to this week's podcast, Thanks very much. We would really encourage you, if you can, to give us a like, a share and write a little review um, to get the word out there that the Road Less Travelled podcast is out and about. And speaking of out and about, a lot of people now jumping back out onto the road, which is fantastic, thanks to many lockdowns being lifted all around Australia, in particular Victoria. So uh, great to see that plenty more people will be hitting the roads. I think it's going to be a mass exodus and with long weekends coming up as well and then uh, leading into Christmas. So hopefully all those tourist destinations will be absolutely overwhelmed. People will be spending money, which is good to get the economy kick-started back into life again. Speaking of life, if you're heading towards uh, our bases in Melbourne and if you happen to be doing the Across Australia trip or maybe heading to Adelaide, this week we thought we'd f- focus a little bit on the, well, this little peninsula. There's three peninsulas in in South Australia. There's the York Peninsula, there's the Air Peninsula, and there's one that's little known, it's called the Fluoro Peninsula. And some pronounce it Fluoro R, some say Fluoro, Fluoro E, but it's the Fluoro Peninsula, to put a sentence together in South Australia, just south of, um, I was say south of the border, south of uh, the capital of uh, Adelaide. And you get there, you can pretty much go, if you're travelling um, like through Talon Bend, Murray Bridge to Mount Barker, you can do it that way, or you can head off from, from Talon Bend down through Wellington out to Strathalbyn and, and that way. Um, probably the best way to really experience the full um, coastal experiences south of Adelaide down through uh, like Mortford Vale, uh, Norlunga, uh, Seaford and then down along the coach, coach, the coast rather to McLaren Vale. Now the Fluoro Peninsula located 40 minutes uh, just south of Adelaide. It offers some of South Australia's finest coastal, scenic and culinary experiences. You can spend quality time in nature's playground there, discovering charming towns including Victor Harbour, Wollonga, Normanville, Goolwa, Yankilla and Rapid Bay. The region now is really well known because it's home to the internationally renowned McLaren Vale, the home of the sustainable wine production and its world-renowned labels and unparalleled experiences. You can also sip McLaren Vale's renowned wine at a giant Rubik's Cube or head down the rabbit hole for a tasting in a double-decker bus or embark on the ultimate foodie adventure along what they call the European Way Road Trip. Now, if you love wine, then McLaren Vale is certainly the place for you. Situated between the rolling Mount Lofty Ranges and the Gulf of St Vincent's Gulf in South Australia, the beaches there are fantastic. McLaren Vale offers, as I said earlier, just a smorgasbord of fine wine, food, art and nature. It's the birthplace of South Australia's wine industry and home to some of the world's oldest grapevines. And it boasts more than 80 cellar doors and vineyards and although best known for its Shiraz, also excels in the production of ultra-premium Grenache and Cabernet varieties, frequently winning awards at international road shows and wine shows. 
You can walk or cycle the Shiraz Trail, indulge in fresh local fare or paddle the Onka Paringa River. It's about 35 kilometres or 45 minute drive south of Adelaide. Best way to get there, of course, is by car and many operators offering daily uh, tours of the vineyards too. You can walk or cycle along the 8km or 5 mile trail, the Shiraz Trail, follows an old railway line between McLaren Vale and Wollonga and there you can taste the region's signature Shiraz along the way at various wineries such as the globally renowned Wirra Wirra where you can try and make your own blend of the winery's famous church block label. There's Hardy's Tintara, which was first bottled its first vintage back in 1857. You can also hire a bike and ask the local visitors' information centre for a map. And if you're up for it, the trail continues for another 30 kilometres or 19 miles as the Coast to Vines Rail Trail. One of the most unique experiences in the region can be found at the Diagen Winery. It's home of the Cube, which is an avant-garde five-storey structured fashioned after the unfinished Rubik's Cube, complete with a museum of alternate realities. It's a virtual fermenter and a tasting room there too. You can stay for a meal at their veranda restaurant, which offers delicious meals showcasing the local seasonal produce. Also, what I like to do when there's um, one around is the local farmer's market and the Wollonga farmer's market uh, is operational every Saturday morning, rain, hail or shine. More than 80 farmers and artisan food producers, they set up at the farmer's market selling everything and anything from cheeses to chutneys to chocolates, honey, there's organic fruit and veggies and flowers. The region too, it's also famous for its olive oil with names that you might know such as Lloyd Brothers. They make a small high quality batch there. Brands such as Main Beach and the Eyes of Ardonia use organic olive oil from the McCarran Vale area to make their exquisite body care products. There's plenty to do. There's You can do as well. Um, some people decide to do a road trip along through the Adelaide Hills and finish off down at McLaren Vale, but uh, a great place to base yourself. Also a good little area where you can just go for uh, a weekender as well uh, down at McLaren Vale, base yourself maybe in Adelaide and head down to the Fluru Peninsula that way. So from McLaren Vale, you can head down to, head south down to Wollonga, Wollonga Hill, and then head down towards the coast through Pages Flat, uh, Maiponga, and then down to uh, Yankilla, I think it's called, and then through to Normanville via the Normanville Beach. There's also a HMAS lookout, uh, HMAS Hobart rather, memorial lookout there. The HMAS Hobart was scuttled off the coast um, the second of two naval vessels to bear the name when it was decommissioned and uh, put offshore there that provided a diving site and one of the ship's anchors actually points to the site off the coast so uh, a nice little place, lovely place that you can have a good look at the sunset and a uh, big car park there as well so very friendly for for caravanners and RVs and there's a big four tourist centre uh, tourist centre tourist park there as well that is Normanville and Normanville Beach you can head then down to Warina Cove uh, through Second Valley down through Delamere to Cape Cape Jarvis and that's where you catch the ferry across to Kangaroo Island um, if you want to go further down and uh, cross over to Kangaroo Island to do some touristy things down there. Otherwise, you can head up back through Parawa, Willow Creek, down to Encounter Bay, up to Victor Harbour, uh, to Goolwa, and uh, then maybe do a little bit of exploring along where the mouth of the Murray River hits the ocean at Victor at Victor at uh, Goolwa. We'll, we'll head first to uh, Victor Harbour, nice little place to visit as you're heading uh, for 
coming back off the coast um, from Cape Jarvis through Silverton up through the sort of the mid part of the Fleurieu Peninsula through Willow Creek and Counter Bay. Uh, we'll take a little break. We'll be back and we'll go through Counter Bay and Victor Harbour. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. And probably one of the things I should have touched on is whereabouts to stay. Like everywhere, there is so many accommodation options and choices uh, for anyone. So whether or not you're just travelling in the car and you're motelling it or on-site van caravanning, uh, maybe B&Bs, there's plenty. Just um, You can jump onto the website, which is thefleuriapeninsula.com.au slash where to stay. There's heaps of options that will suit individuals, couples, families, and if you have an extended group as well. So holidays too are also about making memories and the relaxation out in nature. And you're sure to find accommodation that will fit your very needs, whether it's a caravan park, a charming beachside sort of self-contained holiday house, a quaint B&B, self-contained cabins, off-the-grid accommodation as well. There's also things like luxury clifftop retreats. There's motel and um, hotel resorts with amenities for the family or couples. There's even pet-friendly caravan park. There's plenty of options to choose from. And there's four district wine regions such as, as I mentioned, uh, McLaren Vale, uh, Langhorn Creek, Currency Creek or the Southern Fleuro. Regional produce and food is available throughout the region and a visit to the little township of Strathalban and Wollonga is certainly well, well worth it. In the southern Fleurieu, there's uh, a perfect coastal escape where there's just pristine beaches to uh, offer a natural, natural playground for those who want to relax or just indulge in a little bit of culture. Plenty to see and do year-round as the communities are really close together. They offer plenty of like activities that will please everyone. There's easy access from Adelaide. Within an hour's drive, you're at Victor Harbour, Mount Compass, Port Elliot, Middleton and Goolwa. For the mid-coast and the west coast of the Fleurieu Peninsula, it really lives up to its expectations. There's rugged coastlines, then it heads to long sandy beaches, all close to cafes and restaurants, with easy access to all the nature parks. The mid-coast and Fleury West, they offers, that offers a bit of everything. So whether you're coming down to visit like an art gallery or planning a family holiday, there is so much to do. So make sure you take advantage of the websites you know, like South Australian Tourism and plan your next escape. And I must tell you too, while we were talking about Cape Jervis, a trip over to Kangaroo Island. Kangaroo Island, South Australia, is just across the water, but is certainly a world away. It's one of the world's great nature-based destinations. So think of it like this. Think of an island with 509, I think, yeah, 509 kilometres of coastline, 155 kilometres from the east coast to the west coast. It has a native bushland, wildlife adventure and exploring. And where pristine beaches, local wines and sunsets are on your sunsets, sunsets are on your doorstep. You'll need longer than what you think. There really aren't enough adjectives to accurately just describe the beauty of Kangaroo Island. In fact, words can almost spoil the moment. Even photos don't really do this wildly gorgeous destination justice. 
you can jump onto the website, which is tourkangarooisland.com.au, and there you can search and book accommodation on Kangaroo Island, which has seaside holiday homes, um, bushland cottages, and whether you're into a five-star suite, a lighthouse keeper's cottage, or a swag under the stars, you'll love waking up on Kangaroo Island to get there. It's a comfortable 45 minutes by ferry or a short 30-minute flight from Adelaide Airport. The Sea Link Ferry has four departures daily between Cape Jarvis and Pencil Shore in Kangaroo Island. The KI Connect operate a daily fast ferry service from Cape Jarvis to Pinnashore as well. Accommodation deals and offers, if you jump onto that website, they have a list. Um, and now that COVID's over as well, um, they are absolutely smashing out the best deals uh, for Kangaroo Island deals and offers. And the experiences, well, Australia's premier experience destination. You can discover wildlife, um, absolute delights with food and wine, unique island products, stunning nature walks, every kind of adventure. You can just relax and soak up the island life. The... Um, the Kangaroo Island, you've got Flinders Chase. Slow down, I'm getting excited. Flinders Chase National Park. Um, it's now open to the public, and you may check out their website because they were absolutely decimated not too long ago with bushfires too. So it's Kangaroo Life, Kangaroo Life, Kangaroo Island is coming back uh, into life after those absolutely destroying fires uh, in the summer of 2020 I think it was now and it's one of the world's great nature-based destinations and it also offers as I've been banging on about brilliant local cuisine uh, there's small batch wines in a leisurely way of life you can be greeted by the Australian sea lions basking on an unspoiled beach and the koalas dozing in the, the treetops it's just absolutely phenomenal now, Kangaroo Island has seven little regions which you can visit. Why not be seven regions in seven days? American River is just 30 minutes from Penshaw. It's the small seaside town of American River, one of the island's best-kept secrets. It's one of the top fishing locations on Kangaroo Island and a great place to relax, pick up some local seafood, enjoy the natural open spaces and chill out. The largest township on the island is Kingscote, which sits on picturesque Nepean Bay, with Bay of Shoals rather just around the point. It's easily explored on foot, but venture a bit further out for a wide range of experiences. The Pandana and Districts area, if you're only visiting for a few days, Pandana is ideally located in sort of the centre, the heartland of the island. After exploring the township, a circular route to either the south or north coast makes an ideal trip. Penishore and Dudley Peninsula, uh, when you arrive in Penishore by ferry from Cape Jarvis on the mainland, you're immediately greeted with a taste of Kangaroo Island with the, as I mentioned, long stretches of white sandy beaches and water so clear you can see the fish. Penishore is a pretty coastal town with a vibrant village feel and the people will certainly embrace you as the rest of the island will too. The Dudley Peninsula has so much to offer there too. In the west end of Kangaroo Island, bearing the brunt of the bushfires, and that was in 2020, the West Egypt, West Egypt, the West End region is proving to be just as rugged as resilient as it was in the days of the lighthouse keepers. Visitors can see the beauty of recovering bushland and the ancient landscape that continues to stand the test of time. There's Green shoots are taking hold and there's a sea of yakka flower spikes as far as the eye can see. On the south coast at Seal Bay, rather than just passing through, allow yourself plenty of time to explore the south coast, which is home to some of the most talked about attractions and experiences on the island. Great memories are certainly made in this region. And Snelling's View, well, guests at Snelling's View experience stunning uninterrupted 180-degree views of Kangaroo Island. 
And as I said, Kangaroo Island is split into seven districts and seven really diverse regions as well. And you can stay in places like uh, Emu Bay Holiday Homes, Honey Myrtle Cottage. Um, there's the Western Kangaroo Island Caravan Park as well. Plenty to see and do on Kangaroo Island. So make sure that you jump onto the website, kangarooisland.com.au and the Kangaroo Island Visitor's Guide as well. Check that out. Um, there is just so much to see and do on this little tiny island that doesn't get much coverage but uh it's so much it's so much you can do on there it's absolutely fantastic for tourism food wine and beverages and just a place to drive around and and relax nothing better than kangaroo island off the coast of south australia and it's interesting to note with kangaroo island um also uh it's known as carter I think it's called Pin Injina, uh, which is Island of the Dead in the language of the local people. It's Australia's third largest island after Tasmania Melville Island. I didn't know that. It lies, as I said, in the state of South Australia, uh, southwest of Adelaide. The closest point to the mainland is Snapper Point in Backstairs Passage, which is 13 kilometres from the Fluru Peninsula. The native po- uh, population of Aboriginal Australians that once occupied the island disappeared from the record when the land became an island following the rising sea levels associated with the last glacial pe- uh, period. It was subsequently settled intermittently by sealers and whalers in the early uh, 19th century and from 1836 on a permanent basis during the British colonisation of South Australia. Since then, Kangaroo Island's economy has principally been agriculture with the the southern rock lobster fishery and with tourism growing in importance. The largest town and is also the administrative administrative centre is Kingscote. The island has several natural reserves to protect the remnants of its natural vegetation and animals, with the largest and best being known as the Flinders Chase National Park at the western end of the island. As I said, the island is 145 kilometres long west to east and between uh, just under a kilometre and 54 kilometres from its narrowest to its widest north-south points. at area covers is uh, 4,405 square kilometres. Its coastline, 540 kilometres, and its highest point of 307 metres is in Flinders Chase National Park, west of the junction of the Playford and the West End Highways. The second highest point is Mount McDonnell at 299 metres. It's separated from York Peninsula to the northwest by the Investigator Strait and from the Fluro Peninsula to the north or northeast by Backstairs Passage. The group of islets, the pages, lie off the eastern end of Kangaroo Island. European settlement, um, after my friend Matthew Flinders commanding his HMS investigator, named the island Kangaroo Island due to the endemic subspecies of the western grey kangaroo. After landing near Kangaroo Head on the northern coast of the Dudley Peninsula, he was closely followed by the French explorer Commander Nicholas Bolden, who was the first European to circumnavigate the island and who mapped much of the island, and that's why much of it has uh, French names. Although the French and the British were at war at the time, the Met. The men met peacefully. They both used fresh water seeping at what now is known as Hog Bay near Frenchman's Rock and the site of the present-day Penishaw. Bowden named the island Ile, I think it's Ely Border. I don't know what that means. In honour of John Charles de Borger, well, although the French chart published by Louis de Frenchette after Borden's death returned to the island as Le Decrees. Well... A community of sealers and escaped convicts existed on Kangaroo Island from 1802 to the time of South Australia's colonisation in 1836. A sealing gang led by Joseph Murrell reported landing at Harvey's return in 1806 and 1807. 
and that's where they established a camp on the beach. The sealers were rough men and several kidnapped Aboriginal women from Tasmania and mainland South Australia. The women were kept prisoners as wives and slaves. At least two contemporary accounts report of uh, report of reputed crossings of backstairs passage from Kangaroo Island to the mainland by the kidnapped women seeking to escape from their captors. In 1803, sealers from the American Brig Union built the schooner Independence, the first ship constructed in South Australia as what now is known as American River. In 1812, Richard Siddons reached Kangaroo Island with the ship Campbell Macquarie, which was engaged in salt harvesting on the island. When the ship was wrecked later that year, 30 tonnes of the mineral was recovered from the cargo. Most of the ships of the first fleet of South Australia that brought settlers to the new colony first, stepped at the, first stopped rather at Nepean Bay. The first was the Duke of York, commanded by Captain Robert Clark Morgan, in 1836, Lady Mary Pelham under Robert Ross arrived a day or two later. The arrival of the Africaine under John Finlay Duff in November that year was notable for the deaths of Osborne and Slater, who perished in an exploratory trek from Cape Border to Kingscote. A number of shore-based whaling stations operated on the coast in the 1840s. These were located at Doyle's Bay, Hog Bay and Diestries Bay. Plenty of shipwrecks too because there's a lighthouse. Numerous ships have been wrecked on the island, uh, Kangaroo Island coastline. The earliest was the cutter William who was wrecked uh, while trying to enter Hog Bay in 1847. The largest vessel lost was the Portland Maru which sank at Cape Torrens in 1935. The greatest loss of life occurred when the wreck Loch Sloy in 1899 when 31 people were drowned and one initial survivor subsequently perished. 27 people drowned at West Bay in 1905 when Loch Venequa was wrecked. The first lighthouse was built at Cape Willoughby in 1852. This was also the first lighthouse to be erected in South Australia. This was following the Cape Border Light Station in 1858 and the Cape du Oh, so many French names, Cape du Coeuc Lighthouse in 1906 and the Cape St Albans Lighthouse in 1908. All lighthouses continue to be operational. The biggest town on Kangaroo Island, as I mentioned, Kingscote, it was originally established as Reeves Point in 1836 as South Australia's first colonial settlement. It was later suggested that Kingscote could serve as the capital of South Australia, but the island's resources were insufficient to support such a large community, so the settlement of Adelaide was chosen. There are several smaller towns on the island. As I've mentioned, Penishaw, the second largest town on Kangaroo Island, got a population of about 300 people, located on the north, northern, northeastern tip of the Dudley Peninsula, on the eastern end of the island. It contains the ferry terminal, which brings all of the visitors to the island, along with all the necessary freight to sustain the local population. Pandana is the centre of the island. It's got a population of about 150 people, but most do not live in the town. They're sprawled out within a few k's. The historic area to the southeast of the township, known as Research Centre to locals, was home to the research station that was set up in the 1940s and 50s to research the viability of agriculture in the area and still has a small settlement of about 20 to 50 people. American River on the north coast between Kingscote and Penishaw has about 220 residents. Penishaw and Pandana each have basic facilities, including general store and fuel and home to hotels. Facilities such as banking and large supermarkets are also available at Kingscote and Penishaw. So plenty does it to uh, keep you occupied. The economy, as we know, mostly agricultural with grapes, honey, wool, meat and grain. Uh, traditionally, sheep grazing has been the key element in agriculture on the island. However, in recent times, the diverse crops such as potatoes and canola have been introduced. 
cattle farming has grown as well with good quality beef cattle being grown on the higher rainfall areas and tourism and fishing also playing a major significant role with the island experiencing over 186,000 visitors per annum and some of the best southern rock lobster or crayfish being sourced from the island's rugged south coast. Kangaroo Island has South Australia's only eucalyptus distillery with oil distilled from the endemic Kangaroo Island narrow leaf mallee. The future of over 19,000 hectares which had been planted or were due to be planted with bluegum for future harvesting is now in doubt following the collapse of the Great Southern Plantation back in 2009. It has a sustainable wine industry with over 30 wine growers and 12 wineries and noted for its honey with its Ligurian honey bees as well, purebred bees out of uh, Kangaroo Island in South Australia. Tourism, of course, um, making it one of the most popular tourist attractions 140,000 visitors each year with international visitors primarily from Europe accounting for over 25% of these visits. There were 114 businesses operating in 2016 and the visitors that um, spent money there reached $123 million in December 2017 and that kind of expenditure is expected to reach the $168 million mark uh, by December 2021 with the COVID opening up the uh, tourist industry again. Some of the popular tourist spots, Seal Bay Conservation Park, uh, Flinders Chase National Park with remarkable rocks, Admiral's Arch, lighthouses at Cape Border, Cape Dulaquac, and multiple walking tracks and camping areas. It's got Cape Willoughby, Kelly Hill Caves, Little Sahara, huge sand dunes on the south coast, the lookout of Mount Thisbe, which was initially designated as Prospect Hill, you to honour Matthew Flinders with 360-degree views around the island. Murray Lagoon, which is an abundant aquatic bird life, Kangaroo Island Wildlife Park, uh, Kangaroo Island Penguin Centre, um, Raptor Domain, the Hanson Bay Wildlife Sanctuary, a number of farms that sell honey for the bees, and the Emu Ridge Eucalyptus Oil Distillery. So plenty to keep you occupied at Kangaroo Island. Make sure you do put it on your bucket list of somewhere to check out that's a little bit different than what's happening on the mainland, that's for certain. And that pretty much wraps up our little soiree over to the Fluru Peninsula in South Australia. And it finishes off at uh, Goolwa, which is the gateway to the Murray River, Australia's longest river, and the internationally renowned wetlands of the Coorong National Park. You can take a boat tour to explore the mouth of the Murray River, admire the Coorong wetlands, learn about local Aboriginal culture, and see bird life up close. You can ride the 30-minute cockle train along the oldest steel railed railway in Australia between Goolwa, Port Elliot, and Victor Harbour. And you can also bring your rental bike on board as well and ride back along the coastal trail. Plenty of swimming all along that area from Pretty Horseshoe Bay in Port Allian, Encounter Bay, Victor Harbour. Um, there's just so much to do along that particular coastline of Australia. You can hop aboard the Big Duck Boat Tours to see the New Zealand fur seals, the Australian sea lions and the common and bottlenose dolphins and a lot and lot of seabirds year-round as well as the southern right whale and the humpback whales during the winter months. You can also do, this is the only one in Australia, the double-decker horse-drawn train tram rather not train to granite island and uh, families will love the uh, khaki walk which is a 1.9 kilometer loop that circles 
the uh, the island. It's absolutely fantastic. That's Granite Island. Spot birds, dolphins, and more along the way. You can go off-road with uh, with a local to encounter wildlife and wilderness as well along the Onkaparinga River, uh, the Deep Creek Conservation Park, and there's Paul Drive tours as well that you can do. Check out the Fluru Peninsula, and it's spelt F-L-E-U-R-I-E-U. The Fluru Peninsula in South Australia. Plenty of road trips you can do. You can do a six-day road trip uh, in the Adelaide Hills down in the McLaren down the McLaren Vale. Um, you can do four days of family fun on Kangaroo Island, five days road tripping on the Limestone Coast. There is just so much to see in this fantastic country that we call Australia. Make sure you check it out. Get your bucket list going. Get out there and enjoy Australia and enjoy being back out, enjoying the freedoms that uh, this country is renowned for. And don't forget too, if you've got something that you think that we should be looking at, reviewing or taking a trip to, drop me a line, fatcat at ionet.net.au. Love to hear from you and would love it too if you could give us a bit of a share and a like. Get the word out there that the Road Less Travel podcast is out and available. That's it for this week's edition of the Road Less Travel podcast. My name is Nikki Shea. Thanks so much for being part of it. I hope to see you somewhere out there on the Road Less Travel. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This has been The Road Less Travelled, a podcast about travelling and camping on the road. Written and hosted by me, Nikki Shea, produced by Fat Cat Media. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we'd love you to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Even better, please leave a review. Any comments or questions, please email fatcat at iinet.net.au and to be notified on the new episodes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. We'll be back with a new episode next week.